It's the most popular sport on the planet, with an estimated 4 billion fans worldwide. But not everybody grew up watching or playing soccer, particularly here in the U.S. I sure didn't. I made fun of soccer, called it boring, hard to follow, and not as entertaining as football, basketball, or baseball. But thanks to some basic education about the game and a few viewings of English Premier League matches, I realized I had been wrong all those years, and I became hooked. It's a far more compelling sport to watch than I used to think. Tense, exciting, and when played by the great ones, graceful and elegant. This show is for anybody who's curious why so many people love this game. It's for new fans of the European club teams looking for analysis that doesn't get too far into the weeds because, frankly, we wouldn't know how to be that in-depth. It's for anybody who wants to join us on our journey of getting to know better the most popular sport in the world. We'll talk about the game itself, the rules, the terminology, the strategy, and we'll talk about the top club soccer league in the world, the English Premier League, its teams, its history, its players, each week's games, all of it. We're kind of learning as we go here, but we're hoping you'll share that experience with us and come along for the ride. This is Hands Off Those Balls. For two days, sports media has been abuzz that Jurgen Klopp, quote, conceded the Premier League title to Man City. But what does that mean when we have a third of the season left to play? Welcome to another edition of Hands Off Those Balls. My name is Mike. I'm joined, as always, by Jared. Jared, how are you doing this week? I am doing okay, Mike. Got the uh, day off today. Did oh, you little, did? Yeah, did a little work in the basement on the uh, bathroom we're putting in. Nice. So, yeah. Getting uh, ready for what looks to be some more wintry re- weather coming at us this week? I, I hope not. I'm getting a little over it, to be honest with you. But. I actually uh, went out and bought another big bag of salt, not realizing I still had most of a bucket of salt in my garage. Like, I'm, I'm going above and beyond, I guess, for uh, <laughs> preparations. Comes comes with the territory when you've got a uh, an uphill driveway to leave your house. So, you can never have enough salt. And it is pet safe. So That's don't good. Have to, don't have to worry about the dog walking on it and then licking his paws. Uh, so getting back to what I mentioned a moment ago with this, uh, Jurgen Klopp business. So Liverpool drops another one, you know, to everybody's shock, maybe not so much shock given that they were playing Leicester city. It's not like they lost to, you know, Fulham or something like that, but still shocking when you reflect on what they did last year, uh, that they're in the position they are now. Um, and meanwhile, Manchester City is just a buzzsaw cutting through the entire league. Um, you know, not only are they not losing any games, they're not—they're barely even giving up any goals to anybody. Yep. Uh, so, certainly looks like Man City's in a in a position to run away with the title. But season ain't over yet. This is why they play the games. You know, insert whatever you, sports euphemism you choose here. Um, so it was a little bit odd at the end of the Liverpool Leicester City match uh, during the press conference. Questions coming at Klopp, and you know he's obviously disappointed in the result. Uh, Liverpool loses to Leicester City fairly handily, as far as the scoreboard is concerned, uh, three to one. It was a close game, though, up until about 70, 75th yeah. minute. It was a weird one. Yeah, it was It was one of those you walk away, come back after five minutes, and suddenly yeah. 
what the heck just happened. Um, but a loss is a loss, and so they dropped points. And then, meanwhile, Man City is is having its way with Spurs, which is a you know, sorry a, about a, that, a Mike. different <laughs> a different sort of tragedy. Um, so yeah, Man City is sitting at the top of the table with fifty three points and a game in hand, and Liverpool has forty points. So, you know, it's it's a big gap. Um, Liverpool, when you look at their season last year, so, I mean, just drink this in. They have played 24 matches, okay, and have 40 points. Last year, after 24 matches, Liverpool had 70 points. That's insane. It's insane. Now, it's also... With the exception of you know Van Dyke, and it's it's hard to think he's you know th- worth thirty points. You know that he's the reason that they're like not that doing he what was they did last of, year. I, some kind of glue that they're missing. Yeah, now. I, I I can't buy that. I, I don't either. Um, I think you know they they had a, a a season for the ages last year, and you can't really expect them to do that every time. Notwithstanding the fact that I you know, picked them to win the Premier League this year in part because they had a season for the ages. Um, so they're they're coming back to earth and Man City's playing great right now. So um, not doesn't look very likely, but um, Klopp is answering reporters' questions and in the course of the press conference uh, where he's he's saying, I don't think we can close that gap meaning the 40 points to 53 points gap between Liverpool and Man City. And he he gives a long-winded answer about the game and and other analysis about it. And then at the conclusion of that long-winded answer, one of the reporters comes back with, so are you conceding the title then, Jurgen? And if you've seen the video, you know, Klopp, actually looks like he's on the verge of tears and he he stammers for a minute and you know maybe takes his glasses off and wipes his eyes something like that but I mean he he, actually maybe what he did was he brought his hand like up to his mouth and and sort of wiped but you know one of these uncomfortable uh you know emotional sort of expressions and he eventually in response to that question offers up yes I can't believe but yes Okay, and that exchange is why every sports media outlet has the headline, Jurgen Klopp concedes Premier League title to Man City, as if there's some ceremony at which the defending champion partway through the following season can just decide, okay, here's the trophy, you win, we give up, mercy rule, we're not going to play the... That's not what happened. He said he doesn't think he can get the team over this big hill of a uh, uh, 13-point delta with Man City having a game in hand, yeah, I, I, I think it's very unlikely that Liverpool's going to catch him. He's not conceding the title to them in the sense, in any real sense. It has no logistical bearing yeah. on league, league you know, result at yeah. all. And, and what I find pretty unfair about this, because um, you may be asking yourself, wow, Coaches at the major league level usually are good at coach speak. And, you know, they, they throw out all the platitudes and euphemisms and they don't even ever really say anything. Now, number one, 
I'm not sure Klopp's that kind of guy. He seems like pretty honest in his when he's getting interviewed. I would agree with that. Uh, yeah. You know, as opposed to some of, some of the things we're used to, say in the NFL, where you know someone's going to have to find some tape the last time Bill Belichick gave a honest answer <laughs> to a question that offered any amount of substance. But be that as it may, um, so y- you may be wondering, wow, I can't believe a coach did that. To, you know, to say nothing of what's the team owner thinking as he sits up in his you know palatial estate watching this and saying hey i can't have my manager answering questions like that he's going to demoralize the entire fan base and and no one's going to come you know buy any tickets not that anybody's buying any tickets now but you could kind of see that sort of reaction from ownership like hey jürgen don't talk like that we can't have you being negative nancy here so you may be wondering why he would have had this sort of breakdown and moment of seeming honesty about what he thinks the chances are they're going to catch Man City. Well, if anybody was paying attention to the studio show before the game, they would have been aware that last week, Jurgen Klopp's mother passed away. Jurgen Klopp, however, was unable to go to the funeral of his mother's death because of COVID travel restrictions, which is understandable, but that had to be on his mind. Absolutely. I don't know how he was even able to focus on managing a game, much less dealing with the notoriously, uh, you know, annoying and probing British press. Um, you know, hats off to him for even doing a press conference. Yeah. I might have said, you know, I, uh, I've got some Another family time, issues guys, I yeah. got to deal with, and, uh, you know, we'll talk later. So I'm not reading anything into this whole Jurgen Klopp concedes the title um, storyline. I, I think it's a bunch of bunk. I think it's going to be tough for him to win the whole thing at this point, but, you know, they're going to play the games out. Liverpool's still a good team. They've hit a rough patch, but, um, you know, we'll see what comes of everything. So, the other thing we wanted to address in the first half today, uh, it's been about two months since we cleaned up our mistakes that we've made on the show in the last half a dozen episodes or so. So it seems like as good a time as any for another installment of Now What Did We Fuck Up? Oh no! Jason Vardy scored. Not even close. For back of a letter term. For Roy Hodgson of Newcastle. You better not be wrong because... That's how you get the buzz. I'm sorry, Frank. I think you missed it. Hands Off Those Balls presents Now What Did We F*** Up? I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, so what did we screw up over the last few weeks? So let's uh, let's step into the Wayback Machine and... Uh, Look at some of the mistakes we made in episode 30. So this was back in December. Um, I I don't quite know what the context was where this came up. However, uh, I mentioned that Arsenal won the League Cup last year, also known as the Carabao Cup. Um, That was wrong. Manchester City won the League Cup last year. Arsenal won the FA Cup. It's another one of these 
um, you know, England football yeah. association tournaments uh, that they take very seriously over there. Um, but I was mixing up FA Cup and League Cup, so uh, too many damn cups. Too man. many damn cups. <laughs> uh, hey, well, th- those cups are the only reason that Spurs have any anything to uh, have any semblance of hope to get a trophy this year, um, because they're in the finals of the. Probably going to screw this up, but I think it's the League Cup. Probably, probably got it backwards again. Um, Maybe the problem is I think their opponent is Manchester City. So short of Man City putting out their like under eighteen squad, Man City's B team is just yeah. you know curating people. Right. Uh, so um, mixing up the uh, the trophies there. Same episode. Uh, I got some of my Champions League history wrong. I had said that Chelsea made it to the semifinals of the Champions League last year. Uh, that was wrong. Uh, Chelsea didn't make it any farther than the uh, round of 16. So not really all that close to the semis, to be honest. So that was a that was a goof there. Um, episode 33. Um, I had said that Adama Traore of Wolves might have led the Premier League last year in assists. I was sort of shooting from the hip. I knew he did pretty well in assists the year prior, and that, you know what, he might have actually led the league in assists last year, you know, the 2019-2020 year. Uh, After further review, uh, Traore had nine assists. That's nice. Um, It's a far cry, however, from the 20 assists that won Kevin De Bruyne of Man City had last year. And when you stop and think about it, you're like, oh, of uh, course. Of course, yeah. Like, Traore doesn't even play every minute, and De Bruyne is De Bruyne. So that makes all the sense in the world that he would have more than twice as many assists as Traore. So uh, my bad. He, he was, you know, in the top 10. <laughs> so that's something. <laughs> <laughs> not not quite leading the league. Um, whoops. So that same episode, uh, staying on the subject of Wolverhampton Wanderers, uh, my colleague here, Jared, said that uh, Fabio Silva's goal against West Brom, uh, which happened in January, was Fabio Silva's first goal in the Premier League. Um, that's sort of true, but sort of not true. Um, it, Jared, do you remember the sort of true and sort of not true aspect to this? I do. And, uh, you know, I've told you this before. I'll eat the buzzer. I've got no pride left. <laughs> uh, you know, I have absolutely no problem with being wrong. However, I will say that I do feel like I was the product, uh, victim of fake news on this one. So I had read a headline about this game that said Fabio Silva scores his first English Premier League goal. I didn't read the article. Um, but I reported that, you know, during the show. Now, when we had talked about this later that evening, I went and watched the highlight. And the announcer had said, and Fabio Silva scores his the first goal in the Premier League in open play. Aha! Uh-huh. So I was absolutely wrong because he had scored, I believe, on a penalty kick a few weeks before then. Um, Correct. So as I stated it, it was absolutely wrong. Penalty kick against Burnley in December would have been Fabio Silva's first Premier League goal. 
but yes, that one that he had against West Brom in January, that was his first uh, open play is the term Yeah, they that's used? what they were saying, okay. open play. I mean, that... Um, it's good to know that that's the term. Yeah. You know, I, I would hear something like that, and, you know, that draws my mind to, you know, t- the terms you hear, like, in the tennis grand slams. You're like, oh, you know, and, uh, I don't know, Rafa Nadal has, you know, the second most grand slam finals in the open era. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I, I'm not going to bother researching. I'm sure I got that statistic wrong. I just made it up. Um, the, you know, Nadal's been in a lot of Grand Slam finals. I don't know if it's second. I don't much care. I'm not going to research it. So, you know, there won't be a buzzer or a ding on that one. Um, so, moving on. Uh, same episode. We, we seem to just make... That, that was a bad one, apparently. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, no, the first two were in episode 30. And so then... Oh, yeah, this one does have three. My bad. Yeah. Yeah, so this was a bad one. Um, I compared... I don't This one bothers me because I, I feel like I, I have a memory in my head that I can't attach to a specific event. But anyway, in that episode, I compared the first half of the Liverpool-Manchester City match to a game they played last year. Um... And I had it in my head. It was a, a fall meeting in the 2019-2020 year in which it was nip and tuck in the first half and just very tense uh, but entertaining soccer where nobody was scoring any goals. And then in the second half, and here's what I said in episode 33, Man City goes, goes off and ends up winning the game 3-0. Okay. I even my screwed up memory of this game, which I'll explain why it's screwed up in a minute, um, is not of Man City winning. That was just a straight slip of the tongue. The memory I have was that the Liverpool Man City match from last year. You'll recall when Liverpool was awesome. Um, that it was very close, no goals in the first half, and then Liverpool gets a few goals in the second half to win it. Okay, that's the memory I have. Okay. That is fiction. <laughs> that did not happen. So November uh, 10th, 2019, Liverpool and Man City played. And the final score was 3-1, uh, not 3-0. But here's the problem with this recollection I have of the first half being scoreless and all tense and all the rest of it. No, they scored a goal. Um, I think it was Firmino scored a goal like within the first 10 minutes. And then they scored another in this first half, and then they scored one early second half. So not nip or tuck. Right. Yeah. And then Manchester City scored, you know, what I would refer to as a garbage time goal in like the 78th, 80th minute or something like that. So that's what really happened in the November Liverpool-Man City match. I don't know what I'm remembering. Uh, it's got to be Liverpool versus somebody yeah, else. Yeah, it's got to be another match. But I have, scrolled yeah. through there. Scrolled through their results, and I couldn't really figure out what match. I'm not mixing it up with a Spurs match because I, I, I know what happened in the Spurs match from that same time frame. Um, similar, but but I didn't have the same reaction of wow, this is so interesting. Because the other part of it was this was very early in my soccer watching, and it was sort of this match that I'm remembering way wrong. Uh, is part of the reason that I, you know, I've gotten into this was, oh, what an exciting, tense match. And apparently, 
either I made it up or... Does this wreck the whole foundation of your fandom Yeah, so here? Well, we're going to wrap things up. <laughs> this will be the last episode. Uh, no, I, so I don't know what the heck happened with that. Um, so, yeah, way off. Uh, and then finally, yeah, you're right. This episode had all kinds of mistakes. Uh, still in episode 33. Um, oh, no, I take it back. Uh, not 33. It would have been our last episode, which I think was 35-ish. I think last episode was 35. Uh, Jared mistakenly said that West Ham United uh, was the highest team in the Premier League table to come out of London. So, uh, bad on him. <laughs> you gonna, you going to let me get away with this? If you want. <laughs> I, I don't well, want. Why don't, why don't you tell the people why why that's a, a horribly inaccurate way for me to frame it? Well, yeah, okay. So <laughs> that based on what happened on Monday, that the answer to that was incorrect. Uh, West Ham was not the lead London team. I think I think the Chelsea match I think was Sunday. Oh, was it Sunday? I, I think it was, and that I just I wrote down this stat earlier on Sunday okay, well, and didn't wait a couple of hours to see what Chelsea... So anyway, the point here yeah. is at one time last weekend, West Ham was the highest ranked team out of London, but Chelsea hadn't played their match yet. And when they did, they won. And that put them um, even, or, or I'm sorry, made them level with West Ham. However, they are better than West Ham when it comes to goal differential. So in reality, that makes, as of last week's recording, Chelsea the top team out of London, not West Ham. And the reason that it's incredibly unfair for me to frame it that, oh, this was a Jared mistake, period, is that I asked him the question, and when he said West Ham, I said, correct, <laughs> and was all proud of him and, and proud of both of us. And turns out we were just, you know. Well, if it's any consolation, lunch. I had in my memory the same version of the table at the you know same snapshot in time yeah. that you did. So, yeah. So, uh, uh, similarly, uh, we're in a position right now. In fact, uh, West Ham coming off a win earlier today actually not only makes them the top London team, but puts them in Champions League contention uh, in the top four. But now that Chelsea is leading Newcastle 2-0 in the 68th minute, if you live table this, then Chelsea edges out West Hampton or West Ham um, for the fourth spot and the top team out of London. So basically the exact same scenario we had last weekend that we didn't accurately describe. <laughs> so uh, that's that's our effort to clean up. Uh, some of our mistakes, certainly not all the mistakes we made in the last uh, two months, but um, those seem to be the ones most worth correcting the record about. So uh, with that, we will take our halftime break. We'll give you the scores from this past week and schedule for this upcoming week, and then we'll come back and talk about some of the more interesting matches we got to watch this weekend. So hope you stick around because we will be right back. Here are your scores from Match Week 24 in the English Premier League. Saturday play began with Liverpool losing another, this time to Leicester 3-1. Crystal Palace looked like they couldn't care less about their match with Burnley, which they promptly lost 3-0 to the Clarets. 
clean sheets apparently weren't enough for keeper Ederson, so he added an assist as Man City tore through Spurs 3-0, and Brighton and Villa played to a scoreless draw. On Sunday, Wolves got their first Premier League win in two months and avenged last week's FA Cup loss to the Saints with a comeback win over Southampton 2-1. West Brom held on to secure a 1-1 draw against Manchester United. It was a welcome sight at the Emirates as Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang returned to his scoring ways with a hat trick in Arsenal's 4-2 victory over Leeds, and Fulham escaped Goodison Park with a stunning 2-0 win over Everton. On Monday, West Ham topped Sheffield 3-0, and Chelsea defeated Newcastle 2-0. Wednesday sees Everton host Man City to make up their match week 16 match, and Fulham will visit Burnley to play out their week 17 game. Match week 25 starts Friday when Leeds visits Wolves. On Saturday, Chelsea meets Southampton at St. Mary's, Burnley hosts West Brom, the Merseyside Derby sees Everton at Anfield, and the relegation Derby sees Sheffield visiting Fulham. Sunday starts with a London derby as West Ham hosts Spurs, Leicester visits Aston Villa, Arsenal takes its shot at Man City in London, and Newcastle travels to Manchester United. The week ends at the beach on Monday as Brighton hosts Crystal Palace for the M23 derby. That's what's happening in the EPL. Now back to the show. And we're back, so might as well get started with what I think was the first match on Saturday uh Leicester hosting Liverpool yeah and um I gotta say this was one of those matchups that if you were watching you'd think you had it all figured out through about 75 minutes um then it did a hard right on you Mm. um so this was uh you know pretty even stat wise um you know Liverpool had their stereotypical two to one possession ratio um possession possession ratio um you need another drink? <laughs> I actually, I've been drinking much lately. Oh. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta step that up a little. You bit. gotta step it up. Okay, yeah, but I think that's such turned over a new leaf or something. Yeah, I was no. gonna try to talk you out of it. <laughs> um, uh, both teams had a number of opportunities. Uh, Salah had one early, uh, a near one. Uh, sort of had a one-on-one against uh, keeper Schmeichel, um, but didn't make it in. And then Vardy actually hit the crossbar on a laser towards the end of the first half. Then in the 67th minute, sort of an unbelievable, did you see this, Mike, this no-look back pass yeah. from Firmino um, to Salah, and Salah just puts it right in the corner uh, for the 1-0 Liverpool lead. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, just They that, couldn't have showed enough uh, uh, replays of that. No. It was uh, wonderful. Just unbelievable. Um, you know, and as I mentioned, you kind of just kind of thought you had a feeling about uh, which way this one was going to go. Yeah. Um, didn't go that way, though. No. Um, about 10 minutes later, there's a foul outside the Liverpool, uh, Liverpool penalty box. Um, VAR has confirmed that it occurred outside of the box. So Lester gets a free kick sort of on the left line of the penalty box. And James Madison takes it. Now, did you see this, Benny? Yes. Um, I'm not really convinced or sure what happened here, but... Um, you know, it wasn't really kicked that hard. It bounced twice, and I think it just kind of went goes unobstructed into the goal. Yeah, well, I, I think sometimes, you know, goalies get screened and they can't quite see, you know, through all the people. Um, and it was well-placed, so. It was. It just wasn't hit very hard, and I don't know how it missed all those extremities. I mean, it seemed to go through about four or five legs. And, <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, yeah, so... Um, 
Then VAR actually had to check to see if there was an offsides on that free kick, but there wasn't. Uh, so the goal is allowed to stand for the equalizer. Um, and then two minutes later, just disastrous, calamitous, I don't know, whatever, you, word. Wanna, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, decision, Horrible. Yeah. Decision from Allison just leads to an open goal for Vardy. He could really if could just dribble it right in if he wanted to. I think he did shoot it eventually. Um, basically... Tielemans, uh, Tielemans does a long pass to try to hit, you know, any of the Leicester forwards. Allison comes way out to intercept it and hits it off his own defender. Yeah, goes right to Vardy. And it, it, that was a, yeah, it was the kind of play that it could have happened a thousand different other ways that wouldn't have been quite as calamitous. Like, yeah, it it dinks off. Of, I can't remember which defender, but it dinks off the defender and went right to Vardy. You know, who's, <laughs> who's already gone. streaking right. in, the, in the, the direction. I think, yeah, it led him, too. It was like yeah. a perfect pass. Um, so, you know, Vardy puts puts it right in. Um, Vardy almost gets another one moments later. So, you know, welcome back, Jamie Vardy. Yeah. I mean, he's really making an impact. Um, in the 85th minute, uh, Barnes puts uh, one in, gives Leicester a commanding 3-1 lead, and the eventual 3-1 win. Um, so that's a big win for Leicester at home. Huge. They won uh, two of three, and, and after this game, they were actually in second place for a bit. Mm -hmm. Liverpool has lost three in, a, uh, three in a row, continue to have trouble finding the net. So. Yeah. it's. I mean, we touched on it earlier with the, with the business about Klopp. Um, they're just they're struggling right now and it's it's shocking to my eyes because again the first Premier League season I paid attention to attention to was last year when they were indestructible and yeah. and you know whether it's five out of six losses or, or whatever stat you want to pull like this is just hard to believe is is Liverpool but uh, that's sports for you uh, quick question so uh, Lester's goalie. You familiar? Schmeichel? Casper Schmeichel. Yeah. So, uh, he is the first Leicester City player ever to play in 100 consecutive Premier League matches. Interesting stat. That is. I would expect that from a goalie. Sure. But that but, still is uh, pretty good. Well, however, uh, we will note that... Um, Edward Mendy's consecutive game streak came to an end today, which yeah. is not helpful for our fantasy team. Nope. Um, Follow-up question. Do you know who Casper Schmeichel's father is? Mr. Schmeichel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There were three people who have never been in my kitchen. Yeah. Um, so Casper Schmeichel's father is Peter Schmeichel, uh, which isn't really the point of the question. Peter Schmeichel was a long-time goalkeeper who played in the goal for Manchester United from, like, 1991 to 1999 when they were, you know... Starting to rise of, to... Part of the time yeah. that they were winning all the Premier League titles. So, um, little little good history to know that That's you know, good. current players, that. Yeah. the son of a you know famously successful player from 30 years ago, so... I try to keep track of that in baseball, you know. Yeah. Got, well, we got it's a half of the Blue Jays. Yeah, the Biggio, the Bichettes, uh, yeah. So. And and Vlad's kid. Oh, Vlad yeah. Jr. Yeah. So. Um, we also had Man City hosting uh, Tottenham. Um, so not totally unexpected, but unfortunately for you, Mike. Uh, Unpleasant. One, yeah, this was all Man City. Um, 
Harry Kane, though, puts an early free kick off the inside of the post um, for almost a goal. Mm. Uh, you know, another three inches, and that's probably in. Um, around the 20th minute, uh, Gundawan. I'm going to start pronouncing there this There you correctly. go. Yeah. Uh, and Hojberg sort of get... Hoiberg. Hoiberg. Right. It might actually be like Hoibier. It's There's all sorts of symbols and stuff, <laughs> yeah. and like an O with a line through it. I don't know. <laughs> go with Hoiberg if you want. I don't care. <laughs> um, they sort of get tangled up in uh, the Spurs box. Both hit the turf. Um, this was probably an okay call for the penalty kick, but it was pretty close. I don't know how you felt about that, but... Yeah, it is what it is. Um, I was, I mean, okay with it in the sense of I, I, I didn't think it was an outrage to call yeah. it. I, I wasn't okay with it happening. Yeah. Um, did they give the penalty kick to Gundawan though to take? Mm, no. no. Yeah, it went to Rodri. So, um, and he actually almost misses it. I think he he sort of kicks it it right to uh, Yoris a little bit. Uh, goes off his hand. Yeah, but Yoris got to, some paw on it. Yeah, uh, still goes into the uh, the goal. I guess Gundogan though got fired for his errant attempt last game. Yeah, the one well, that, maybe maybe he took some steps to try to get the job back later in the game. Yes. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, Gundogan does get one of his own in open play uh, to start the second half. Then he finishes off his brace in the 65th minute with just a long, uh, you know, assist pass from Ederson. That pass um, was unbelievable. It was, um, you know, almost, I would say, over half the length of the field. Um, yeah. Right to him, uh, and he beats Yuris again for the 3-0 Man City win. Now, so. the, the little, I don't know that it's little known, but it's uh, interesting. Like, Ederson is lobbying to get the penalty-kicking job. Um, it, I guess the, the word on the street is, as, as at team practices, Ederson is the best penalty-kicker. Um, you know, sort of like the old um, Ichiro Suzuki, former Mariners player, fantastic singles hitter. Um, like, if he had played his entire career in Major League Baseball, he probably would have broken Pete Rose's um, career hits record. So, but the word on the street is that Ichiro, in batting practice, was the best home run hitter. That's amazing. Yeah, well, these guys—they're just—you know—professional athletes are just weird <laughs> at how good they are at yeah athletic stuff. So anyway, you know, here's your goalie who it turns out is is supposedly also the best um, penalty kick taker, and then he shows that he's got some some skills on passing because this was you know he kicked it off the ground about seventy yards, and he catches Gundawan in stride. Who has to make you know a couple lateral moves here and there, uh, and then puts in the back of the net? It was just beautiful. Um, yeah. Like how many how many times does your goalkeeper in fantasy get a, an assist? And how many points is it? I don't <laughs> even know. A million. I don't know. Um, so uh, Man City keeps rolling. Uh, another clean sheet, um, and you know Tottenham just another victim. I think you mentioned it of the uh, Man City buzzsaw. Yeah. That's, uh, so here are some stats for you. Uh, Manchester City, that was their 16th straight win in all comps. Uh, so they, they're extending that record because they yeah. set it at yeah, 14. At yeah. 14. Uh, they are unbeaten in their last 23 matches in all competitions with a 20, 20 wins and three draws. Um, Tottenham Hotspur, on the other hand. Uh-oh. 
Five losses in their last six in all comps, and they have dropped points in 10 out of their last 14 Premier League matches. It doesn't seem like that long ago that I was celebrating that they were at the top of the table. It doesn't. I mean, it, it was, it doesn't. but it doesn't yeah. seem like it. <laughs> and to drop points, you just have to lose or draw. Correct. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so, Brighton hosting Villa. I don't have a lot to say about this one, except for I did want to mention uh, it ended in a uh, nil-nil draw. Jack Grealish, though, is falling out of my good graces. I couldn't watch this game, but I looked it up, and by the 27th minute, he had already been booked. Uh, there was no highlight for this, so it was probably opening his big stupid mouth again, but I uh, just wanted to mention that. Um, hey, he takes a lot of abuse. He's the most fouled guy in the league, and so that would get on <laughs> that would get on your nerves, too, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, a couple of stats out of this one, too. So um, they... They tied, as you said, but um, Aston Villa had, I, I updated this to count this match, so they have now lost 16 of their last 20 Premier League games played in February. Going into the match, they had lost 16 of their last 19 uh, Premier League matches in February. I found that to be just an interesting stat. That is kind of interesting. <laughs> so they don't, don't like, like the cold the weather. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I would either. Every time I look up at one of these matches, it just looks like miserable, freezing rain pouring down on these guys in you know t-shirts and shorts. Um, the other stat, and again, this was a nil-nil draw, right? Yeah. Brighton took twenty-six shots, nine of them on goal, I think. Right? Yeah, that is yeah. the most in team history in the Premier League. Um, but just couldn't find the net, the back of the net. Um, so, a lot of shots. I don't, I don't know what they were doing wrong there. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I watched the game, and it just, you know, there were opportunities, obviously. Um, and it, it wasn't entirely the Aston Villa goalie's name is escaping me at the moment. Um, do you remember? It's not Sanchez, is it? No. Mm, I don't remember. Um, that might be Brighton's goalie. Maybe. Um, regardless, you know, it's it's not like either goalie was standing on their head. You no, know, just, no. Um, you know, nobody was nobody was getting it in, and and you know, it's not like that should necessarily be such a huge shock with those teams. So we'll see what they're able to do next. Um, we also had Southampton hosting Wolves. Um, so just kind of quickly going over the, this one, the final was two one for Wolves. Um, Ings has a goal, really nice goal where. It always impresses me when there's a, a hard cross that hits you knee level and you can just sort of 90 degree it on the fly with your foot exactly where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, Ruben Neves, uh, I think, uh, converts a penalty kick uh, to equalize it for Wolves. And then in the 65th minute, our old friend, Pedro Neto, carves up two or three Southampton defenders and scores on a really tough angle. So I was going to say the angle was unbelievable. Was a, His window yeah. was like the width of the ball. I don't know how he got it in there. Yeah. It was just uh, so good on him. Yeah. Um, six losses in a row for uh, Southampton. So this isn't non-wins. This is six losses mm. in a row. Um, they find themselves all the way down in 13th. Um, so, like I said last week, this is just a free fall. Yeah, because they had been briefly at the top of the table earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. So. 
Um, and although you would have just heard this in the uh, uh, sports report, uh, Wolves, this was their first win since December. Been a while. Ugh. Yeah, like mid-December was their last win. So uh, maybe this is where they turn it all around. I hope so. You know, they got that. They did get to transfer in to, to try to uh, cover up the loss of uh, Raul Jimenez, um, Willie and Jose, and, you know, he's he looks good. He hasn't scored yet, but, yeah. you know, looks serviceable. I don't I don't think he's as good as Jimenez. Um, so West Brom hosting Man United. So would you have expected a 1-1 draw in this one? Mike? I would not. Yeah, okay. Well, that's... Um, this is the team in West Brom that has given up more goals by far yeah. than anybody else going up against the team that's second in the league. So, yeah, we've got Bruno Fernandez, you know, Martial. I mean, just... Rashford. I mean the the whole the whole complement is just uh, volatile, um, you know. And Man United had a commanding ninety uh, or seventy five percent possession in this one. Um, just couldn't ever really get anything going. And in fact, is it Diagne? Is that who you pronounce it? Oh, I knew this was going to come up, and I was trying. It, it's not that. All right, uh, well. <laughs> but I was trying to remember at it. It's like. It might be Diane, Diane, something like that. It, they're not gonna, they're not gonna pronounce the G. No. Um, anyways, uh, he he gets one in early. Uh, sort of a really really nice sort of you know, Superman header. I don't know if you saw it. He's yeah. Totally laid out horizontally. Um, yeah. Kills the clean sheet for Man United uh, within two minutes. Uh, <laughs> so really nice. Right. Um, and then right before halftime, Man United equalizes on a Bruno one timer, similar to that. Danny Ings goal that we were talking about where somebody just really nice cross and he you know redirects at 90 degrees um yeah and it's it's not like his back was to the goal fully yeah. but he he was at best the goal was was off his right shoulder and he was facing the sideline I mean he was uh redirect not only redirecting the ball but sort of redirecting his whole body yeah. to get to the ball so um and then uh, you know that was uh, that was all all of the scoring. I think with literally twenty seconds left in stoppage time, Harry Maguire puts a header off the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it. Um, Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I know. <laughs> um, you know, and I said this was a pretty good one-one draw if you can divorce yourself from the fact that it was Man United right. against West Brom. Um, Not what you'd expect. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last game that we're going to talk about is Arsenal hosting Leeds. Um, so this was a, a pretty evenly matched game stats-wise. Um, this one made me happy, though, for a sort of particularly selfless reason. Um, I don't really care about the teams, and we don't have anyone fantasy-wise that was impacted by this, um, you know, besides Bamford, I think. But, um, you know, there was a, a good guy player having a down, unlucky uh, year and just had an absolutely phenomenal game. Yes. And, I like the guy. Uh, I think, did he just sign a contract? Was that Beginning the of the year. Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Um, he picks up a hat trick, uh, two, two goals on open play and one on a penalty kick conversion. He could have possibly had a fourth on another penalty kick that wasn't called, um, you know, but whatever. Um, the penalty kick was on more keeper boneheadedness. Um, this time from Leeds Melier, he kind of dribbles a little too far. Sokka has a chance to steal, and Melier just takes out Sokka in the box. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know. I, I was trying to figure out, like, watching his feet, because I, I couldn't remember if he was left-footed or right-footed, and he, was he trying to adjust for that? 
you know, he had defenders he could have fed it to just to get the, you know, monkey off his own back. Um, but he, you know, tries to sort of sashay to the side. And meanwhile, Saka's running right at him. So, like, you're not going to avoid a, a sprinting player just by, you know, kind of dribbling it to your side once. So, yeah, it's, it, you know, this is like, this is something that I've had to understand from playing, you know, in high school and everything where, if you get the ball away in front of your own goal when they were, you know, forming something, you clear that crap out right. of there. You don't play around with it. You don't right. try to be fancy. Um, so, anyways, that just that burned them. And, oh, uh, by the way, you know, clearing it can set up a counter. Absolutely. You know, if they're all yeah. charging at you and you're able to get it past them, you know, you may have numbers going the other way now. Um, so, Arsenal open ups the uh, 4-0 lead here. Um, Leeds started making it interesting. I think they closed within two on a couple of second-half goals from Strujic and Costa. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not even going to try. Yeah, anyways. But, uh, uh, but we're still learning these, these teams that got recently promoted. <laughs> we're still working through some of these names. Bear with us. 4-2 um, is the final here for Arsenal. Um, and then in, uh, you know, uh, Excitement that just concluded earlier. We had West Ham winning uh, 3-0, and I believe Chelsea's going to take this one 2-0. Uh, I think there's just a few minutes Yeah, left. they just need to survive about two and a half minutes of stoppage time, and they're up 2-0, so hard to imagine they're going to blow this. A uh, little bit of news on this match, though. Uh, somebody, one of the high-priced talent uh, newly acquired for Chelsea who had sort of been in a bit of a rut, Timo Werner, he scored in the first half, so... Uh, kind of similar to the Obama Yang deal that uh, you know, here's this uh, highly productive offensive player who just seemed to be in a rut and uh, got out of it today, so good on him. Um, this is after the first goal of the match is scored by, you know, one of my favorite players, not Your on favorite, Spurs. Yeah. Um, you know, Tammy Abraham got injured in the first half, and so they brought in Olivier Giroud, old man Giroud, uh, <laughs> to come in. 34 years old, by the way. That that was a potential to add to the now what did we fuck up um, because I keep getting his age wrong, but he's 34. So they bring him in off the bench, and within five minutes he scores a goal because that's all he does. He's always where he needs to be, right in front of the goal. I mean, if any, if anything, he's off sides, but he's, he's never, like, not – doing the striker thing of, of pushing all as far downfield as he can and you know trying to create a lane and always with a yeah. hand up calling for yeah. the ball. Um, so it, it didn't surprise me a bit that as soon as he got some playing time, he scored. Uh, so, yeah, looking like Chelsea's going to pull this one out. Uh, to and, and speaking of high, high-priced high albatrosses, they went with uh, keeper... Kepa Arizabalaga, for some reason, in the net instead mm. of Edward Mendy. I hope this isn't a trend. I don't know. It's just a new new Chelsea manager, Thomas Tuchel, just got himself in the doghouse with us on that one because yes. Mendy is on our fantasy team, and we uh, we need his points. We, yeah. we certainly are counting on those points. Uh, just a couple other quick stats on the first game of, of today, Monday, uh, that West Ham match. Um, I found this interesting. So the West Ham player with the most assists leading the team with five assists is Aaron Creswell uh, it's not a boatload of assists but it leads the team um, Jared what position does Creswell play Creswell's a defender oh he's a defender <laughs> he's got okay. more assists than anybody else, <laughs> anybody on, the else team. on the team that's weird that is weird um, 
and uh, Declan Rice, not a defender, um, he took and made West Ham's first Premier League penalty kick of this season. Wow. Which, I, yeah, that was my reaction too, because we all recall the September, October time where it seemed like there were three penalties per game. That was because of penalty palooza that, that time was. <laughs> the harsh uh, calling of handballs. So, uh, yeah, a little shocking, um, particularly because West Ham's been pretty good for pretty much the whole season. Yeah, they have. Uh, um, yeah. So you, you certainly would have thought. That they uh, had a, this. This is the first one they took. He made it, but it's the first one they took. They took, yeah. So it's not like they were taking them and missing them. Right. I mean, so. this is their first opportunity. That was a surprise. So, with that, I suppose we will wrap things up. So we do appreciate you tuning in. We don't have a show if not for you. So thank you for listening. As always, uh, we've got another slate of matches coming up. This week, we're, we've, we've sort of returned to the regular scheduling style. You know, you get these onesies, twosies, making up for games that were postponed for COVID reasons, but we're not doing this whole, like, full slate of games midweek and yep. a full slate of games on the weekend. I, I got to tell you, I'm a little relieved about that. Yeah. It's it's a lot of prep work <laughs> when, when you've got 20 games. <laughs> so, seemingly back to normal. Um, so, hey, hope you... Uh, Uh, enjoyed the show and enjoyed it enough to tune in next week thank you for listening and we will talk with you next time have a good week everybody